on today's Patriot Nation podcast. We are going to be doing a little post-mortem on the Patriots this year, uh, how they did, little reaction, obviously, to the game on Saturday night, which was an absolute disaster. Um, and we'll kind of get into a little bit about what we think they need moving forward. We'll also take a look back at what we projected for the preseason uh, before the season started and how we did on those. It's just Pat and Keegan today, but it's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's over once again uh early january not great that was one of the worst performances i've ever seen certainly from the patriots and maybe from any team in any round of the playoffs yeah it's tough uh i i do think it helps a little bit that every game in the wild card round with the the exception of one or two was a blowout like t- teams just they looked like seven seeds and six seeds, you know, that, that didn't really belong. Uh, so that, that helps a little bit, you know, it, it doesn't sting as bad when you're watching them get blown out by 40 or 30 points, whatever it was. So that's uh, very true. certainly in my lifetime, I think that's probably their most uninspired game they've ever played. They've had worse losses. They've lost to worse teams. Like the, the bills are, I think the favorite in the AFC, but uh, the most uninspiring, just, throwing a bunch of guys out there and seeing what happens kind of game that I, I remember watching. Hey, spin zone, Mac Jones looked better than Kyler Murray. So Facts. he's got that going for him, I guess. That was that game was Jesus Christ. That's one of the worst games I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, the Patriots just defensively, I think. And I think it was obvious from Jump Street that they just did not have the horses. Uh, and Josh Allen, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Josh Allen. Josh Allen now for the second consecutive time playing the Patriots looked fantastic. Looked like the best player on the field on either team. Four uh, out of the last five, he's looked unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and he both, just both games last year. Yep, yep, yeah, and that's and that's really the thing. Like he just he was outrageous, and he made some great plays. But the Patriots defense, no speed, no athleticism, no answer for him whatsoever anywhere on the field. You know, Kyle Duggar's hurt. Barmore was banged up a little bit, and he's really an interior defensive lineman. Like I, there's really not much Christian Barmore do? can do to stop Josh Allen. I pray to God. I am. I pray to God that we find out that Matthew Judon had an injury or something because I, I don't know what the hell happened to him, but he, he was a different player after the bye. And I know he had COVID somewhere in there. Like maybe it was a COVID thing. I, I don't know, but like it was immediately from, after the bye. He had COVID. He missed right. the first, first week of practice after. Right. So, so he went from arguably the best player on the team. He looked at like the best player on the team. To like where Donovan Mitchell's calling him out, like calling him red shirt, red sleeves, and like talking about how he's this like unbelievable player. To like he didn't have, he had like one pressure his last five games. I mean, he was he was atrocious, and not only was he bad, but 
in the first Bills matchup, well, the second Bills matchup, I guess, the first home Bills matchup, he couldn't even keep contained. He was a liability on the field more than he was a, more than he helped. So uh, another non-factor from him. So again, I'm hoping that it, it was something, you know, some sort of injury-related thing or something. But man, that was it was ugly towards the end for with him. Yeah, I I struggle picking him out. I mean, obviously everybody has, and and rightfully so. You can't you can't have twelve all pro weeks and then right. you know seven of the worst weeks of football that we we've seen. <laughs> This year, really, he he wasn't good for for two months, really down down the stretch. So, but I, I struggle picking him out because it's like Devin McCourty was bad <laughs> in the last yeah. the last game of the regular, the last two games of the regular season and the playoff game. He wasn't good. Um, you know, the linebackers are just old and slow and and not that they're not able to overcome the things that they were able to overcome. You know. To, just two years ago in 2019 where yep. they were always slower and, and less athletic than everybody else, but they were able to overcome that because they were so aggressive and so smart and they were always in the right place. Uh, that just wasn't the case this year. So um, I think defensively as a whole, disgusting <laughs> last six weeks, they they fell off a cliff, man. They, they were bad. And, and offensively, they just stayed from Jump Street. They, they did not have the horses to compete. Uh, in games that would require them to score, you know, two, three touchdowns in a row and, and get on a roll and be able to get into a shootout with teams. They, they just didn't have it. So I think we all knew that they weren't a Super Bowl contender. That's it was that was unrealistic. But to see that they didn't even belong in the playoffs really was uh, disappointing, I would say, after that seven week stretch we had where they looked great. And then they just they showed that they didn't really belong this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you th- like you know, people go back and say, well, they didn't play anyone in that seven game stretch. And I mean, you're right. They didn't play anyone. Now they played the number one seed in the AFC, but without Derrick Henry, without AJ Brown, without Julio Jones, that was a totally different, you know, Tennessee Titans team than, than the one that you're going to see this weekend. So I just think, you know, yeah, they didn't play anyone, but like they didn't play that way against any other team. The Colts didn't make the playoffs either. Neither the Dolphins, like those two teams, both didn't make the playoffs. They both aren't great teams. And the Patriots played like crap against both of those teams. Got wrecked. They, right. <laughs> right. They really did. And, and they made it close at the end. And the Hightower stuff, listen, I love Hightower, even though he still has me blocked on Twitter. I love Dante Hightower. Um, you know, he's been one of the cornerstones of, of the three Super Bowls. And you can make an argument that they don't win any of those three Super Bowls without Dante Hightower. And specifically with his, you know, with the, the plays that he's made, uh, you don't win. Right. He was arguably right. probably should have won MVP in Super Bowl 53. But either way, he's old and slow. He just is. I mean, you can see it. He's he's a half a step late getting places. He knows where he needs to be, obviously, because he's high tower and he's been around forever and he's a smart player. Right. But the Jonathan Taylor touchdown, he was there, but he was late. If he gets there on time, he makes the tackle and it, you know, in the hole and it's third and six, and the Patriots get the ball back and maybe win. You know, and instead he's late getting there. Uh Taylor cuts back. McCourty takes a terrible angle on it and, you know, they give up a long touchdown. And so, you know, that's the type of stuff where it's like you, you need that athleticism. Right. And you even saw it in the, in the, um, in the, in the Dolphins game as well. And, you know, that's why the RPO worked against them because they don't have any, any athletic guys. So yeah, you run the RPO. It's like, okay, I, I wonder if it's going to be a run or a pass. Oh crap. Now it's either a run or a pass and I have to get back to where I was supposed to be. They don't have the athleticism to do that. And so that's the challenge for this team is to get better and faster and younger defensively 
while still holding on to some of those cornerstones. You talk about McCordy and Hightower are like two of the biggest leaders in the locker room. If they both leave, now you have a huge, a huge void of voices that were leading you, you know, to where you wanted to go. And, and Belichick values that so much. And yes, there are guys that will take over for that a little bit, but like, you can't just replace those guys and be like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out, you know, from a leadership perspective. That's that's a dangerous game, in my opinion. Yeah, McCourty, You know, I I just kind of shat all over him a, a second ago, saying that he was he was bad down the stretch. But that's not a guy that you like want to move on for. That's not a it's time you you've got to you've got to move right. forward. I don't think you can. You I don't have anyone you, else. You definitely can't. You definitely can't move on from both of them, right? right. Just not just leadership, but communication on the field. Those are the two guys who have done it for the past decade. And Juwan Bentley, the other guy who who stepped in and done it, he's a free agent. So that that's a huge factor that goes into it too. So trying to find a way, you know, this is just me racking my brain right now, but like veteran rest days and stuff like that, maybe let's not throw Hightower out there every single day at right. practice on – probably two bad knees, a shoulder that's been reconstructed like three or four times. You know, uh, there are some changes that need to be made, not just to the roster, but to the way they do things leading up to the year and throughout the year, especially with this extra 17th game. If, if you're not going to be one of the, the top seed, you're playing an extra, you're playing in the wild card round, which we never saw really them do in the past 20 years. So right. you're, you're basically adding two games to the schedule if you want to go out and win a Super Bowl. It's the first and, time Bill Belichick has ever started the playoffs on the road in his coaching career, which is pretty right. wild when you think about it. But it's the first right. time he's ever started on the road in his post-game career. That's just, that's outrageous. Uh, you know, no. for a guy to have coached for, you know, 26 years or however long it was, like, you know, for him to have never done that is pretty crazy. And and trotting, you know, 21, 22-year-olds out there for 21 games is a lot to ask. Never mind the guys in their mid-30s, you know? Correct. So, um, there, there are definitely some changes that need to be made, and there obviously will be. We see it every year. Somebody, some leader and, and Patriot fan favorite always ends up leaving, right? But I, I think this year we're probably going to see a couple extra more than we did. We haven't even mentioned you know, Matthew Slater and, and right. James White, who are free agents, yep. like McCourty. A um, lot, lot of seems moves like there. Everyone's a free agent. Yeah, it seems like everyone's a free agent. And really, like that's there's a lot of decisions to be made, you know, across the football. And the other part of it is that they don't have a ton of cap space. They just don't have a ton of cap room because of the guys that they signed. You look back at that Aguilar, you know, signing and you just say like, man, that, that one really sucked. And we kind of, we harped on it at the beginning. I know you didn't like it. Uh, I know Spags didn't like it. I was kind of like, Oh, well, let's see if he can play. He looked like, he could. no, he can't. And so now you got a guy in the X who's getting paid $14 million this year against the cap who really can't play. And, you know, oh. Everybody's brought up the fact that he stretches the field, which is true, that they were a better offense with him on the field. He just doesn't produce. And you don't pay a guy $11 million right. to stretch the field and help others get open. You pay, you pay somebody $11 million, you want production. That's correct. The, Brandon Cooks is the kind of guy you pay $11 million to, to go out there and be your number one receiver in, in this kind of offense, right? Not a right. Nelson Aguilar. So as much as people like to give him credit for, which he deserves for making the team better by being on it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean he's worth the contract that, that he signed and that they ended up giving, I mean, $22 million for that guy is just so much money. And right. that, like you said, that's one of the things where you have to finagle yourself around that. And and the cap, as we all know, they can, they can do some things with the cap, but mm -hmm. I think the big thing is, is they have to see some steps up from people that, 
you either didn't see this year or they didn't get an opportunity. Raekwon McMillan missed the year with an ACL. Yep. Cam McGrone missed the year with an ACL. Ronnie Perkins never played. He was never able to slot himself into the lineup, whether it's a an issue where he didn't learn the defense fast enough or they, they didn't really find a role for him that they felt comfortable putting him in. Tons of guys that right. are going to be on the team next year. Josh Uche is a big one on that list. He's got that. Exactly. He's got tons of athleticism. That's what the defense right. needs, and he's not even on the field, right? He had, they, he played four snaps, and two of them were were the kneel downs. I mean, they, it's just they like just, they can't find a way to get him on the field and trust him. Which I understand. He's been bad against the run, but when the one thing you need is athleticism, and he's the second most athletic player you have on defense, right? Figure it out. Like, and that's that's, one, that's a coaching thing. That's a hundred. That's what I was gonna say. That's a coaching thing too, where somebody somebody in the room needs to push Bill and say, "Listen, Bill, I get it. I know you want reliable players. I know you want the safe, reliable guys. That's what we want. That's what we've won with for twenty years here. I get it. The NFL's changing, man. The NFL's changing. We need those fast, athletic guys. So Josh Uche might suck against the run. You might be able to run right at him. Yep, you can do that. But if Josh Allen's running, he can get after the quarterback and he can chase him down into the in the pocket and he can yep. we can put him as a spy on Josh Allen and he can slow him down. He's not gonna beat him, he's not gonna, you know, dominate him or anything like that, but he can at least stay with him competitively. And that's what we need, right? And so, like to me, that's one of those situations where someone needs to step up and say, and that's this is part of the problem where it's like, you know, and everyone talks about, oh, well, you know, but when these guys have all been groomed in the Patriot system. They just worked for Belichick their whole life. So Bill says, hey, it works this way. And they feel that way, too. They're like, hey, I feel this way, too. The guy needs to be reliable. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, we need the athleticism. I mean, you see, you're going to have to you're going to have to sacrifice some of that veteran leadership and, and knowledge for athleticism and hope that those guys can grow into the athleticism because against too many teams, it's not enough. Yes, you can beat the Chargers with that because the Chargers are dumb and they do stupid things. And so, yes, they're more athletic than you, and they're you know they probably have more talent than you, but they're stupid, so they do stupid things. And so, you can overcome that. But the Bills are a well-coached team that are better than you and more athletic than you. You need athletic guys on the field. So get those old, slow guys at the field and put those fast, young guys on the field and see what happens. And, and I think right. that that's you know, I think ultimately that that's what we're going to have to do, right? So we'll see. Yeah, but like I said, changes are coming, and yeah. uh, they're they're going to be sweeping changes. It's not going to be like tinkering with a thing here or there. Right, lots of changes coming, definitely. I'm, someone said also, Patriots paid a ton of money to those two tight ends, and they played I think the thirty first amount of twelve personnel in the entire league, yep. and they just didn't put them on the field at the same time. And John Smith had a terrible year. I don't know if he didn't learn the offense. We talked we talked about this a lot about how. You know, whether he didn't know what he was doing or they weren't comfortable right. with him running routes, but like you got to figure that out, man. Cause you paid a lot of money to these, to these two guys and John o. Smith, not only did you pay him a lot of money, but he he's a weapon, a potential weapon in the passing game. He's got some real athleticism and some real ability after the catch, get him the damn football, right? Put him on the field, get him the ball and see what happens. I mean, that's what you want to try to do in this offense. I mean, Phil talked about it when we had him on, he really didn't practice until the start of training camp. Right. Didn't show up to OTA or voluntary workouts, got hurt in OTAs. You know, he really kind of started ramping it up at the first preseason game when everybody was they were finding roles for players. Right. And that's when he was starting to learn the offense. So I definitely think that had something to do with it. Um yeah, yeah for sure. that that was one. And then and then we saw with, with Hunter Henry 
he was able to kind of take off and it was like we're used to having one tight end that we we, we throw out there and so let's just do what we're used to and, and they kind of got stuck that way I'd say halfway through the year that Falcons game after that there was it was no more Johnu and Henry it was all it was all Hunter just Henry. just all Henry yeah you're right you're right nine touchdowns this year he played he had a pretty good year he had a pretty good year so we'll talk about that of, soon I was gonna say speaking of that do you want do you want to go over that right now and then I, I do want to talk listen so just so just for the listeners out there just so you guys know we are going to take a little bit of a break we're going to come back around the Super Bowl whether it's before or after the Super Bowl we're going to come back somewhere around the Super Bowl um and we're going to dive head first into draft stuff uh, Keegan and Spags are already in it. I'm going to get into it as well um, and start really looking hard at you know at the at who's coming out, at who's going to be available, at what the Patriots should do. So we'll talk a little bit about that today, um, but we'll be jumping into that in a few weeks. But um, I do want to take a look at we did make some preseason predictions as to what they would do in the regular season, just numbers wise. Uh, and so let's take a look back and kind of see where we were and and how we felt. Um, about some of those numbers. You got them in front of you, right, Keegan? Yeah, so we started with Damian Harris rush yards. It was over under 1,100. That was a calculation of how many games he played last year and what his pace was, and then I think we added 100. His pace would have been 1,000 last year. We added 100. A um, little bit I disappointing, said, I'd say. I said over. Yeah. I said yeah. over, did I not? You did. So did Spags. Uh, I said under. He had 929, so he was yeah. like seven. You know, yeah. Whatever. 170 away. Um, he so also missed. Being, how many games did he miss? Three games? Two. I believe it was two. Two games. Okay. So, and that's a guy. He's not going to play every game because he's a bell cow and he's going to get banged up. You know. So, uh, I think I factored factored that into it as well. Just and I, I remember saying Ramondre Stevenson's the same kind of guy. So if he does get hurt, then they're going to plug him in and kind of try to roll that way. Which right. I was right about. Congrats to me. Um, I have to say, next. I here's what I will say though. I predicted before the season, but Damian Harris, I predicted 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, and so he did not get 1,200 yards, obviously, but he ended up with 15 touchdowns. So fantasy wise, at least the production was pretty close to the same, just because yeah. the, the the touchdown numbers were so high. Yeah. So the next one was. We were all looking at Josh Uche to take a step. So it was over under four and a half sacks for Uche. He only had one in 2020. He had three, which was surprising to me looking back. What? I thought it was going to be two because I remember he had a two sack game, but he had three. All of them came within the first four weeks. He didn't have a sack for the rest of the season. Um, I said under. Spag said under. You said over. So that was that was a loss for you. Yep. Um, Mac Jones passing yards. Me and Spags both said under 3,500. He had 3,801, and you said yep. over. So yes, I did. You got that one. Um, who leads the team in touchdown receptions? Can you remember who you said was going to lead oh the team in touchdowns? Oh, my God. I, I probably said John o. Smith. You said Hunter Henry. <laughs> oh! said John o. Smith. I said Nelson Aguilar. You were right with Hunter Henry. Oh, so I want that one. That's Woo! a dub. Uh, who will catch Mac Jones' first touchdown? Do you remember who you said, and do you remember who actually caught it? I know it was Nelson Aguilar. There's almost a 0% chance I said Nelson Aguilar. I'm going to say I probably said Jonu Smith. You did say Jonu. Okay. Uh, I said James White, which is very sad because he oh, came very so close. Sad. He, yep. he was tackled at the two-yard line. He was. You're right. Uh, and Jacoby Myers was Spags' answer. Oh, that would have been so awesome. Tough. <laughs> Only had one all year. This one, this next one's sad for me. Uh, who will lead the team in, in interceptions? 
You guys both said J.C. Jackson. You were both correct. I said Devin McCourty, who came in fourth place with three interceptions. Man. Tough. I, I don't know how anybody could say anybody other than J.C. Jackson if he's on the team. But well, I mean, listen, look. you were you were trying to be different. That's all. That's all. You're trying yep. to be different. Oh, Matt's right. Uh, Jacoby did have one from Hoyer at the end of the year. Did he? In the, 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 in the his blow, first one the, was from Hoyer. Uh, oh, right, right. The first one was from Hoyer. The second one was in the Jacksonville game. The blowout. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so that was all the the individual stuff we did. I had two correct and four wrong. Spags had the same. You had three correct and three wrong. So you won. You look won at this. Look at this guy. Um, Frog, and then prognosticator we all said, Pat. That's right. That's we all said for the, the preseason record prediction, 11 and 6. They were 10 yeah. and 7. Uh, you said missed the playoffs. <laughs> I thought the AFC would be significantly better than it was. Yes. Uh, me and <laughs> me and Spags had losing the divisional round. So we were all wrong. Yeah. Uh, playoffs wise. And we were a game off. Tough yeah. to lose the, the last game against Miami that they – very clearly a better team, but oh yeah, drop that one. So either of uh, those Miami games to to win one of those and it would have been eleven absolutely. and six. The first one they that was a win. They they were a better right. team that day. Yeah, uh, they just didn't show up for the second one. So tough day overall. We uh or tough year for the record predictions. Our best our best predictor was five hundred. So not let's great. go. Hey, I mean it is kind of tough though when you look at like some of the numbers there and especially like the Harris stuff is interesting because he did miss a few games. He left the game early. You know, I think he left two games early. So it's like, you know, you just you're not hundred percent sure we're gonna get there. And then of course, you know, the interceptions and the touchdowns and some of those things are just kind of like challenging. Mac for me, the thirty eight hundred I thought was a no brainer because thirty four hundred was two hundred yards a game. I'm like, he can average two hundred yards a game. Yeah. So um and he, he didn't break it by much, only had thirty eight hundred, but still, um, you know. Yeah, well, that was fun. Well, I think next year, his next year, we're gonna have to do something like that, and then we're gonna have to like put some sort of bet on it because we didn't do anything Absolutely. this year. We didn't yeah. say anything this year. We just kind of like did it. And I then believe did, you know for the record predictions we did do, or what was it? I think it was Mac Jones's first touchdown pass. It was gonna be round of, round of drinks in Houston, but that never ended up happening. That's right. Did not happen. That's true. It was tough. We forgot about it. Yeah, not great. Not great. So, but uh, but that's okay. So we'll have to do that next year when we go to wherever we go to. For sure. Hopefully, it's Spags a great schedule. Down. That's something we can talk about that too. That yes, great road schedule for the Patriots. I can pull that up. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So I know that they're in, and we'll go through the whole list. But I know they're in Vegas. I know they're in Minnesota. I know they're in Green Bay. Obviously, they're playing the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills. Um, and I believe that they are. Um, they're playing the North, the AFC I've North this year. Right here. I think it's is it Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is. So it's home games are Buffalo, Miami, New York, Baltimore, Chicago, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Uh, and then away games: Buffalo, Miami, New York, Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland oh, Browns, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Las Vegas Raiders, and Pittsburgh Steelers. So Cleveland, no one wants to go to Cleveland. I think. That's obvious. Miami, you get you get that every year. It's a hell of a place to go. New York's really New Jersey. No one wants to go there. No one wants to go to Buffalo. Arizona, hell of a place to go. Green Bay, the history, like who wouldn't want to go there? Minnesota, I hear is a hell of a time. That when, when they did too. the Super Bowl there yeah. a few years ago, everybody people loved said it was it. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then um, 
Las, Las Vegas. Like, I mean, it's Vegas. Hell of a trip. Sakes, you know yeah, I mean? that, the, here's what I, here's what I'll say. If you're planning a trip this year, which which I my plan is to go to an away game every year if if, if I can. If you're planning a trip this year, I think you you have to go to either Green Bay or Minnesota. That has to be the two choices. And the reason why for me is because they don't play there. Now, they're playing in Arizona, but that's like the extra game this year. That's not they're not playing right. the the NFC West. So they'll be back in Arizona at some point, like not in the near future, but at, you know, in the next few years. I think it's 2 years. Right. So you don't go to Green Bay or Minnesota for eight more seasons. You have to wait eight years to see the Patriots play in either Green Bay or Minnesota again. So that to me, that's the spot for me that I want to go is one of those two because it's like, hey, you know, we're not. And of course, like, I guess if, the, if Vegas ends up being like a crazy weekend, it'd be like, oh, I mean, that's a good weekend to go. Right. So um, as a teacher, I mean, I always look at that stuff like if they're playing in Green Bay on a Monday night, well, it's like, I can't do that. That's not going to work. So, right. um, you know, you kind of work on the schedule that you have. But, but again, it's like I look at it almost like Vegas. Like you'll get a chance in a few years to go to Vegas again. Like you know Arizona, you get a chance in two years, like you said, to go to Ve- to go to Arizona again. Unless you like really want to go to Arizona. To me, it's like Lambo is the spot, man. That's like that's like Mecca. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but you know, but anyways, that should be that should be a lot of fun. So, all right. So what if? So what are you? Just to get into the draft a little bit, we don't want to spend too much time on it, right? What do you want? Like, what do you think the Patriots should attack? Just position-wise, you know, you don't have to talk about any specific players, but position-wise, what do you think they should do, and what do you think they will do? So those are two different questions. Yes, they um, definitely are. Yep. Big. I think I think the way the draft is shaping up, you can avoid an early linebacker. Like, I think the number one issue they need to address is getting faster on defense, getting, you know, more athletic. And you think linebacker right away, middle of the defense, get athletic, you know, get a little bit, maybe a little bit smaller, a little bit faster. But they've got guys in the system, like I mentioned earlier, with Raquan McMillan, um, I'm blank, Cam McGrone, right? Yeah. Both guys are, Cameron McGrone is an unbelievable athlete. That's what he's known for. And he's also, I, I said last year, he's a little bit tapped. Like, he likes to just use his face to hit people, which is awesome. <laughs> it's great to watch. Yeah. And, and Raquan McMillan, he's he's a veteran. He's coming off an ACL, but that's what he was known for coming out in Miami and those, you know, pre Brian Flores defenses. That's what he did. He was kind of their sideline to sideline guy. So, and they do typically say at this point, you know, ACLs are like, meh, they're fine. Like you're six, not six, seven months, you know? Tops. Well, but what I mean is that when you come back from an ACL at nowadays, you're not slower well, usually, than you were. It doesn't usually you're faster. Either. Right, Cause, right. Because you you build up all that strength around the ACL, and you right exactly. So, yep. No, you're absolutely right. So it, it's not what it used to be. With both guys coming off ACLs, you're not worried if they can play or not. You're kind of just like, can they be back for OTAs? Correct. So, so if you're not going linebacker, where are you going? I think they can afford to go offense, which okay. is crazy to think first round. Um, this is what I want, right? Like, what I think they should do. I think offensive tackle is so deep this year. Mm-hmm. That at 21, you can find a really solid uh, – I'm not going to drop any player names because we've got a ton of content coming out. Mm-hmm. But yep. I'd say the offensive tackle class is about six deep in the first round that should go in the first round and that deserve to go in the first round. And then there are eight to ten guys in the second and third rounds that you know are starter-level players You know, eventually. Maybe not right away, but I'd say, I'd say six, seven, or eight offensive linemen are going to be starters day one. 
So go ahead and get your next franchise tackle because there's a ton of them. Where did the Chargers draft last year? 17? Was it 17? 17, Rashawn Slater. Yep. Rashawn Slater and PFF will tell you they had he had one of the best rookie seasons by a tackle they've ever seen from anyone. And he, he was, was drafted number at 17. Don't forget right. it. Yep. Yep. He was Christian Darisaw went Christian Darisaw went 16. He went 17. Uh Alex Leatherwood. No, no, no. Didn't didn't Darisaw go? I thought Darisaw went 23. Oh, you're right. It was. But um Alex Leather, Leatherwood went super high. Like Leatherwood went 16 or something stupid. The, the, to, the Raiders are just the dumb. They're just dumb. So, so uh, that's crazy. And he's playing yeah, guard now. Anyway, but there are guys little... that are just like day one step in, and they're the best offensive linemen you have. I'd say there are two or three of those guys in the draft. Well, and it's interesting because if that's the case, you can, you know, because you have, and you know, not to get they too got far into it. Sewell, but, 7, Slater, 13, Leatherwood, 17, Darisaw, 23. Okay, so there you go. So they were thirteen. They were head. They were head of the. Um, I thought they were behind the Patriots, but they were head of the Patriots. Okay, so, um, but yeah. So it's but it's interesting. It's interesting for me where you look at it and say, what can they do, and and who can they get, and if there are guys like that, maybe at twenty one you can get one of those guys, right? Maybe only one or two of them have gone in the top twenty. You can trade back a few spots, pick up something else, and still get one of those guys. You know, and that's. To, to answer the second question where, where I think they will go, if DeMarvin Leal, who is an interior-slash-edge defender, he can really play anywhere on the defensive line. If he falls to them, I think they might – if he falls to them, they might trade back and try to grab him. That's yeah. a move that – I think he was mocked to go 30th to Tampa Bay. He's the best defensive line prospect in the draft. I know the edge defenders, the like one and two, Aiden Hutchinson and and Kayvon better than Tipper. better than Jordan Davis. He's the best defensive tackle in the draft. Absolutely. Oh, I got you. I got you. Jordan. Jordan Davis is what does he do? He he's two gaps freak. and he he stands in the middle. We've got takes. I've got takes coming up. But <laughs> Demarvin Leal is he's a guy that the Patriots draft and he turns into at the very least like a Ty Warren type who right. just plays there for like eight years and is solid and always yeah. does what they need him to do. Um, he's he's super impressive. And then what I want is Chris Olave. Oh, man. Chris, Forever listen, and always. Until Olave, he gets drafted by the Eagles, I want him. You want Olave. I want John Mechie. And and I know you say Mechie doesn't fit here. I I don't care. I want him here. I, I What they really need, and they, they didn't draft Hunter Renfro. What the hell were they doing not drafting Hunter Renfro? He went so late. They should have drafted him. They drafted Braxton Berrios. And then let him go for to keep some bums, and you know. Roshevsky was the guy that they kept over Braxton Berrios. Well, that was a mistake, obviously. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> um, you know, and so and so it's one of those things where, and it's so funny how we've how we've kind of turned on uh, turned on Gunner a little bit. I I didn't think he, he was play gonna make the team last year. I I bet literal money that he wasn't going to make the team last year. He was an all pro returner, and then this year he came back down to earth and was exactly what we all thought he was, which is just an average punt returner. And he just can't like the the biggest problem I have with him is he, the athleticism isn't, isn't as good as I thought it was. It's just right. not it's not there. So and he can't catch the ball. So like that's that's an issue. Three years so, in, and he hasn't found any sort of time on offense. That's like, not good. Edelman was catching touchdowns his rookie year, and and he was contributing. He's done nothing. Oh, Man, you had the Wally Pip comparisons. That was that was oh nine preseason. preseason. Yeah, when he was a the rookie. So <laughs> right, right. So it so that's the stuff for me where it's like he's not just because he's short and white doesn't mean he's Julian Edelman, right? So right, like, correct. 
I'm very concerned uh, about him. They they have a, a void of talent, unfortunately, uh, at the at the wide receiver. Listen, they need, and this is what I said before, they need two more Kendrick Bournes. You don't need anyone. You don't need. Don't go out and trade for Calvin Ridley. Uh, people are talking about trading for Allen Robinson. Don't do that. Don't trade for Allen Robinson. What the hell are you doing? Allen, Allen Robinson's a free agent, baby. Oh, free agent. Either way. Don't sign Allen Robinson. Someone's going to pay him stupid money. Like, he's fine. He's fine. But he's just not – he's not the type of guy you need. You don't need that guy. You need – and and uh, was it Scar that said it? Like, Matt Jones needs a whoopee. He does. He yeah. needs his whoopee. He needs – you know, Brady had it with Edelman, and he had it with Welker, and he had it with Gr- – like, he needs a guy that can get open quick, and he can get him the ball. Like, that's what you need. Even, like, even an Amendola. He didn't even have that. And, you know – Myers is fine, and and Kendrick Bourne played pretty well, but like you need a slot guy. And when I say two Kendrick Bournes, I don't mean like two guys that are Kendrick Bourne. I mean two guys at that skill level. So one guy who plays the slot, who's a good slot and can get open quick, but isn't like Cooper Cup. You know what I mean? But he's good. That's what you need is a guy like that. And so who knows where, where you'll find that guy. I, people talk about Slade Bolden. I wasn't super impressed when I watched Slade Bolden. He's, he's fine. Cool, I think. Is he? Is yeah, he like a he ninth was, year senior, isn't he? He was. Like he was been a, at Alabama. He was a forever. true senior this year, but everybody has an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. Because so. of COVID and stuff. Okay, yeah. interesting. I he that I didn't see him declare. He wouldn't be in me and Spags' big board just because it's it's Slade Bolden. Like he's a sixth round pick top. Right. Right. But um, I, mean. I didn't see if he even declared or not. I don't think he did. Yeah. So. So yeah, so but but that's what I'm looking for, and I, I am interested in seeing where they go. I think they need a ton of athleticism. Look, if N'Kobe Dean drops to you at 21, like Jesus Christ, pulled the trigger. He did declare, so I, I missed that. that. All right, undrafted so, free agent Slade Bolden. Hey man, I'll take it. Uh, you know, N'Kobe Dean, if someone like that drops to you at 21, somehow, like absolutely, we need athleticism, obviously, on the defense. I, I love the idea of drafting a tackle too, um, and helping your offensive line. You you unfortunately. You spent a ton of money last year. You still have a lot of missing pieces because your drafts in 16, 17, 18, and 19 all aren't very well. 16 was fine. 17, 18, and 19 were all not good to bad. And so now you're paying for it because you don't have your devoid of talent across the board because you drafted Nikhil Harry and Joe Juan Williams. And, and the 20, no, was it the 2016 draft? Yeah, the 2016 draft. The, no, no, 2006. Never mind. Forget it. 2006 draft is one of the worst drafts I've ever seen. I was like, is it 2016? Anyways, but but there's so many bad players that they drafted along the way where you're just like, that guy stinks. Like, they, they don't have anyone in that spot because they drafted three guys for it and they all sucked. You know, like, so that that's really where, like, you know, drafting Derek Rivers and drafting guys like that, you just don't have those guys. So now you went out and paid for them in the form of Matthew Judon and you brought guys in. But like you drafted Chase. I mean, the first three picks in 2019 were Nikhil Harry, Joe Williams, and Chase Winovich. All three of those guys hashtag stink. And, and they, like, they got Damian Harris, who's a who's a bell cow. Yes. And then it was Jarrett Stidham, who he's the third string quarterback. Listen, man, love me some Stiddy. Waste but... of a fourth round pick. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Yadni Kajust was the pick after that. That 2019 <sighs> draft class is shaping up to be one of the most disappointing, I would say, because they yeah. it was so many guys that every time somebody was picked the, the analysts were like this is this is such a good value at this spot and chase winovich is you know an underrated edge defender but right. look what he's done it's it's right. just a, it's not a system fit 
And that's really – and that's unfortunate. And it's funny because I always go back to like – I'm like, well, at least they're not the Eagles, right, where the Eagles drafted. I'll never forget 2019, they drafted Ortega Whiteside over DK. And yep. then 2020, they drafted Rager. Jalen Rager is so bad. Who's over... much worse than Nikhil Harry. I won't oh, anybody yeah. say otherwise. Oh, yes, yes. They drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, which is like, what in the world are you doing? And so like that one – 2021 draft they did that's very true that's very true and they got jalen hurts in 2020 which like i love hurts just from what he did in alabama i love the way he's like a leader and like all but i don't know if he's an actual nfl quarterback but that's a different story for another day but right um but anyways but there's a lot of work to be done we are going to be doing a ton of stuff we're going to be doing um live mock drafts again i want to i want to get involved in that i wasn't involved in enough of those live mock drafts last year so i'm i'm inserting my i'm like one of those I'm like the dad who just invites himself over. I'm like, hey, I'm going to come over this weekend. You know what I mean? I think without giving away too much, I think the plan is is to have a rotating cast for all of the shows that we'll be doing, Love which it. I feel like is perfect for you because we'll find you a nice position group that you like. And yes. You yes. Yes. So, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. And I think, you know, we're going to try to we're going to try to do more. And listen, it's in the works. I'm telling you right now, we're going to be doing a live stream again for the first, I'll tell you right now, we're doing live stream again for the first round of the play for the first round of the draft, and I'm angling. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm pushing to do a live stream for rounds two and three as well on Friday night. We'll see. We'll see what Impressive. people say. I don't hate but, it though. But I mean, like, they, listen, there was some interest. There was some interest. People were asking about it, and so I'm like, maybe we'll do it. My wife might divorce me, but like, whatever, it'll be worth. It. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that <laughs> excuse me, but that. With the amount of people that we have that, you know, me and Spags have done a lot of the kind of the grunt work, yep. but you know what you're doing. Ryan knows what he's doing. And he's a great host for all of it. And he enjoys doing that. Mm-hmm. Brian always has takes, oh, I'll yeah. say. Oh, uh, yeah. They're not Taylor's, always good, but they're takes. Taylor's, Taylor's the smartest guy in the room. Mark Schofield's the smartest guy in the world. We've got a lot of people that, uh, yeah, we that can contribute. So I'm, yes, I'm super do. excited. I was telling my friends like three, four weeks ago. I was like, I can't wait for the season to end so I can start draft stuff. I literally I, said that to a girl at school. I was like, I can't wait for the draft. And she's like, it's not the regular season still going on. I'm like, I know. But this is like, I live, I love this stuff, man. It's so, the best. It's great. It's great. So, so anyway, so, that, so that's it. We have, we have an action-packed offseason for you guys. A ton of stuff coming through. We're going to be doing, we're also going to be doing some podcast stuff. So, even though all that stuff is live streamed, I want to try to get some of that stuff onto the podcast because although I like the fact that we have the YouTube listeners and we have the Twitch and everything, like I, I love that. I do want to get that onto the podcast as well because we have listeners that listen to just the podcast and they miss out on all that stuff. So, um, so I want to try to I want to try to do that as well. So, tons of content for you coming this off season. Thank you for sticking with us this regular season, uh, year one in the books of Mac Jones. Listen. I wrote an article today about Mac. He looked good. He looked he looked good this year. I think there's a lot to look forward to this year. Don't give up on Mac Jones. Don't give up on the Patriots. Like we found the guy, right? If you had any questions about whether he was the guy or not, he threw a dime to Kendrick Bourne and followed it up by throwing a lead block on a defensive end on a reverse to Kendrick Bourne on back to back plays. I don't think there's much else you need to know other than that. The guy lives for this. Uh and I'm I'm very excited to see what what he does next year. So um, I'm all in. I'm all in on Mac Jones. So, unlike draft night last year, I'm all in on Mac Jones. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. So, 
But anyways, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you. And like I said, we'll, we'll take in a few weeks off, but we'll be back somewhere around the Super Bowl, maybe the week before, maybe the week after, and getting deep, deep, deep into the NFL draft. It's going to be a heck, of a, a heck of a lot of fun. So thanks for sticking around, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon.